Well, good morning. Good to see all of you here this morning. We're grateful for your presence. We've got people from Alabama. I have to think about that for a second. Where is that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <clears throat> and other places. So good to see Ryan back uh, with us this morning. It's so good to have uh, Dick and Shirley's family here with us this morning. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful time of year uh, to have uh, all of our friends and family come and they uh, get to spend time with us and then they get to go home. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I know. I know what you're thinking. <clears throat> no, I, uh, I'm so glad uh, that uh, we're all here together. We get to worship God and what a wonderful first day of the week. Here we are at the end of the year, kind of the, what is it, the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> I should write a song. <clears throat> no, uh, it's already been done. Uh, what a great time of year it is and uh, we think about uh, our Lord's birth, and all the time, you know, we hear it on the radio, we hear it with people talking, we see it in people's yards and, and uh, different places. We have uh, ornaments set up and trees and stars and different things. And I was thinking of, of stars uh, as I was preparing this lesson, and when I think of stars, I'm telling you, that's a star right there, baby. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're a Cowboy fan, too bad. All right, sorry, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a star. Here's another one. Uh, I had to look up her name. It's like, who's that chick in uh, uh, the new Star Wars? I don't even know her name, but here she is, Daisy. Uh, that's a star. Star's born. <clears throat> Maybe you think of, of this star, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Be no, not saying it. <clears throat> And it's in the Orion uh, thing there, and you have to have an incredible imagination to come up with a belt and a sword, and it's like, pfft, I don't know, but Beetlejuice is in there. Uh, that's a big one. That's a monster star out there in our universe. And I, I love the fact that our, our universe is filled with stars. Uh, why is that? Well, I believe there's an answer in the Scripture if you'd like to, turn over to Psalm 19, uh, and we'll just answer this question quickly. And uh, you may not remember the answer, but you at least will know there's an answer. Why is the universe so big? Well, <clears throat> in Psalm 19, the psalmist says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their, their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. There it is. Their expanse is declaring the work of of God's hands. How big is God? I love the fact where in Genesis 1, I think it's verse 11, it says, and, and God created the, the lights in the sky and the stars. Sort of almost as an afterthought. It's like, just, and the stars. And there's, it's massive. Beetlejuice is so big, Hundreds, thousands of our sons, not my son, but the sun can fit in it. It's like, seriously, why is that so big? Well, because it declares the glory of God. <clears throat> There's a star that is part of our, uh, our thought process during this time of year. Open your Bibles now to Matthew chapter 2. This is a very familiar story. I've, I've been trying to think how many times I've, I've preached a sermon this time of year about this passage, <laughs> and it's like, how many times, how many, how many sermons can I get uh, out of this particular passage? But 
you're in for another one. Here we go. <laughs> Matthew chapter 2, <clears throat> let's begin at verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he began to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. And, and they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, <clears throat> for so it is written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi, ascertained from them the time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child, and when you have found him, report to me that I too may come and worship him. And having heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which they had sent in the east, or which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, they came into the house, saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Opening their treasures, they presented them to gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. <clears throat> In the midst of these verses, the star makes its appearance. The star. And it's interesting, my version says, his star. Of all the stars in the universe, this one was his his star. And it's fascinating to me to think about these, these magi. And they, <clears throat> they commented to King Herod, verse 2, about the star. And in verse 7, King Herod asked the, the magi, when did this star appear? And, and then there in verse 9, it came and rested over the place where the child was. And it's described in the scripture as a house. And it's a specific house. It's not just houses in general. When I step outside my house at night, and I look up at the stars. There are stars above my house, but it's above yours too, and they're all over the place. And, but this one came and rested over a specific place, brought the Magi right to the child. The Bible, to a large degree, is silent about the specifics of this particular star. It's interesting to think about it. Some have suggested that when Jupiter and Saturn get close together, uh, they form a, a bright light in the sky. But I don't know. That sounds a little sketchy to me. It's like I've seen that, and it doesn't point me to any particular house, certainly not your house. It's like, well, I don't know. And it's like, I don't know if that's it or not. Some say it may have been a meteor. Maybe it was a comet. Uh, we don't know. The Scripture is silent. But it's fascinating to think about this particular star. What we do know about this star there's plenty that we do know. I believe we can sum it up in these three things, and they all start with the letter G. Think about this. The star speaks of God's glory. We looked at Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare what? The glory of God. This star is, is declaring the glory of God. And you think about uh, all of the stars and all of our universe and our Milky Way and the, uh, the vast expanse of, of all of this. 
Think about the, the ornaments that you have in your house. I have a wreath that I put above the fireplace, and it has uh, ornaments kind of placed in it and super glued or hot glued in there. And, and then on my tree, my Christmas tree, I've got ornaments hanging, and I've got 40 years of memories with those ornaments. And they're, they're hanging there, and there's some that are very special. And, and, of course, the more sparkly and the more beautiful they are, the more precious they become or something to that effect. And you think about this for a sec. This star, his star, was the one that reflected God's light, reflected God's glory. It brought glory to the earth. You see, God set all these other stars in the heavens, and he allows these other stars to shine, but his star, his star came and declared the glory of God. And even when the angels... Uh, delivered the message of Christ's birth. And this probably was a year or two before this event, the, the star in Bethlehem. But a couple of years before this, here's, here's the messengers from heaven. And they declare that this is God's glory, this great light. Luke chapter 2, the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And And just picture that for a second. You're out there in the middle of the night, and there aren't any street lights. There aren't any city lights. There's no lights at all. And the heavens light up. And the shepherds are stunned and amazed. I want us to think about ourselves of having that same amazement. The glory of the Lord has has appeared. The glory of the Lord And it is shining down on us and and we can be like that ornament and we can reflect that light into the dark world and we can reflect that light and and we become this this ornament of of God. We want to be like this original star full of God's light, full of God's glory. And it needs to be absorbed into our life so much so that it just spills out and we, we begin talking about him we talk about his this wonderful occurrence of his birth and then his wonderful ministry of of coming to seek and to save the lost and when i say the lost i mean me (laughs) he came to save me and he came to save you and that's the glory of this star his star see god wants each of us to be used as instruments to reflect the glory of God. And, and as these shepherds did, and as these magi did, and as the star did itself, literally and physically, when we surrender our will to His will, we make that possible. But not only was the star, His star, speaking of God's glory, but notice, secondly, it's speaking of God's guidance. What did that star do? What did it provide those magi? We were talking about, Heather and I were talking about how far it would, how far it was from uh, wherever they were in the land of the Chaldeans and they, they journeyed up the Fertile Crescent, the Tigris River, and then they, they took a left, you know, they, they probably Googled it. They were like, no. And they're, they're, they're following this star and it's some 600 miles, maybe 700 miles. I don't know how far Alabama is. It's probably about 
that far. How far? Is Alabama like 1,500 miles? More. It's like double, isn't it? All right, all right. So it's, it's further over there. But imagine walking for 700 miles. And that star, what's it doing? It's, it's guiding these men. And this star speaks of God's guidance. Now, here's a question for you. Are you allowing God to guide you? Well, this means yes. <laughs> and yeah, I know. It's, sometimes we, we, we forget who's in charge. We forget who's the leader. Sometimes I want to step out. I want to go my own way. I want to do my own thing. No, God says, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to take care of you. And this light that's guiding these magi, it's a star. But here in our, in our existence, Jesus now becomes our guidance. And if we do answer affirmatively, we say, yes, God is my guiding light. Hmm. We look back in our history, and Jesus would say, during his ministry, he would say, I am the light of the world. I, I have brought the light into the world. And as Christians, as those that bear his name, we get to reflect that light. He shines this light into our life, into the very darkest part of our life, brings us salvation. And then he says, now I've, I'm going to give you purpose. I'm going to give you something to do. Now reflect that light. Reflect that light back into the world and draw men and women to me. Walking daily with the Savior. John would say, you're walking in the light. If we're walking in the light, His blood continues to cleanse us and He continues to guide us. The psalmist would say, thousands of years ago, he would say, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a, and a light for my path. And we look to the scripture, we look to Jesus, we look to his words, and we follow his lead. He came to Matthew one day and he said two words, follow me. Of all the apostles, of all the men that followed Jesus, those 12 men that Jesus chose, I believe Matthew is probably the richest one. And what, is, what does the Scripture say? He left everything, followed him. Wow. He allowed Christ to guide him. And you think about that for a moment. That star not only represented God's glory, it also represented God's guidance. We go back to the, the account there in Matthew, two, in Matthew 2, and it's these wise men, they actually have traveled far. They've, they must have been acquainted with these messianic prophecies. I believe if we go back in our history, we go back to Daniel, we see that he is the chief of the Magi, and he begins to teach this prophecy. And it's handed down over the centuries, and some 500 years later, these Magi were expecting to see a star. And when they saw it, they took off on that journey. They must have been 
men of means. And we kind of gain that information by knowing their gifts, frankincense, gold. I kind of like that one. But wait, there's myrrh. No? All right. What is myrrh? Anyway, I'm not even sure. Spice? Something important, something special. They brought these gifts, and that's why we think there were three of them. There were three gifts. There may have been more, may have been less, but here's these men. And they surrendered whatever personal plans they had. They wanted to be part of God's plan. Think about that for a second. Have you surrendered your plans for His plans? Maybe a better question is, are you surrendering your plans for His plans? It's an ongoing process. It's not all about you. It's about Him. And we need to understand that and and be guided by that. They sacrificed time and energy, personal resources. They made their way to worship Him. That describes you. Here you are. There's about 90 of us in this room. How'd you get here? Why are you here? We all answer that in our own way, but it's interesting that it all centers around this being guided by God. And I believe, like these wise men, they were guided directly to the greatest gift that's ever been given. They were brought right into the presence of the creator of the universe, and he was, he was disguised as an infant. Picture that. See these little ones running around, and you, and you look at these little babies, and you go, that, that's the savior of the world. That's the creator of... See, their guidance from this star brought them to this great gift. The gift that keeps giving. These magi, they're they're bringing these, these precious gifts. What's under the tree at your house? Got any precious gifts under the tree? (laughs) What's the most important one under the tree? You think about that for a sec, and here these guys come, and they're they're traveling some six, seven hundred miles, and they they arrive at this house where the the child is located, and there's Mary and Joseph, and, and they bring their gifts, yet all their gifts combined. And even if you multiply all those gifts times a thousand or times ten thousand, wouldn't begin to compare to God's marvelous gift. He came to this earth as man. And the purpose was a dark purpose. He was going to die for our sin. The sin was the darkness. And he says, I've, I've come that you might have life. And not only life, but have life abundantly. 
And you think about the greatest gift that's ever been given. The star led them to their Savior. Allow this star to lead you to your Savior. Are you seeking Him? Do you know Him? See, there's the glory that was displayed with this miraculous star. And it's moving around in the heavens and it's, it's guiding these wise men to the greatest gift. You see, the Bible tells us in very plain terms, here is the greatest gift that's ever been given. Here's some advice, and this one, this is free. Free advice. Take the gift. Take the gift. Seriously, what are you thinking? If you don't take the gift, do I have to do everything for you? No, I'm just kidding. And it's like, seriously, take the gift. He's the greatest gift of all. Because the Bible also says something about the other coin, the other side of the coin. He says, the wages of sin is death. You've earned those wages. Quit before payday. <laughs> Payday's coming. But I love the second half of that verse. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the greatest gift. When you come to that realization, when you realize it's not something that you wrapped and put under the tree, it's not something that you put a bow on and stuck it in a bag or put some, some tissue paper, whatever the, the cheap way to wrap gifts these days, like pfft, stick it in a bag. It's like, I think that's brilliant because then I can, my gifts actually look good. <laughs> uh, but... It's not like that. It's not a gift like that. It's a gift beyond the star. It's a gift given in the town of Bethlehem, a gift of a child that became a Savior that died for our sin. And then today we, we gather around the table and we remember his death. How morbid is that? Oh, it's not morbid. It's great news. It's good news. Why? Because he's no longer in the grave. He's no longer dead. He came out of the tomb victorious. And because he did, we will. He came to live on this earth. <clears throat> My Bible says he sojourned among us. And you think about sojourning. I, I, can, I can think of maybe two times in my life where I've ever used that word. <clears throat> but I, you can think of it like this. He came down here and went camping. When, you know, when you go camping, so, well, I have to take that to step back a few, but when, when I was young, <clears throat> we would go camping and we kind of roughed it. 
we would drag a little camper up, and we'd try to find a, a, a rustic place that had some, some uh, running water, some creek some, somewhere nearby, and we would, we would camp out. And after two or three days of that, we were ready to come home. It's like, you know what? It's time to go home. I got a king-size bed. I got air conditioning at home. I don't have it here. It's kind of rough. Now, I don't, it's not so rough anymore because now if I have 30 amps, baby, I got air conditioning. I got ice cream. I mean, like, I'm set. But years ago, it wasn't like that. Jesus says, I'm going to come down and do a little camping. I'm going to do a little slumming. I'm going to come down to the earth. I'm leaving heaven. And I'm going to come down and, and dwell among you. I'm going to make my dwelling here. And he says, I'm going to teach you some things. I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to lead you somewhere. And he says, follow me. And then we did the unthinkable. We put him on a cross. Oh, but that was part of the plan. The free gift of God. Whoa. Imagine Satan thinking, I won. And God saying, no, you've been a loser from the beginning. And that's where we get to make our choice. He came to this earth. He did a little camping, kind of made his dwelling here for a few short years. And through his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, he brought this gift. And he says, now here's what I want to see from you. I want to see your faith. How do you see someone's faith? You see someone's faith by what they do. I know Noah was faithful. How do I know Noah was faithful? By what he did. He prepared an ark. I know Abraham was faithful. How do I know that? He left when he, I think he was like 75 years old. How old are you again? He was 75. Imagine all the stuff that you have by the time you're 75. All the stuff. He just left. I know he was faithful by what he did. And you go through the list. Rahab, faithful. How do I know what she did? Yep. I want to see your faith, God says. Trust me. Believe. And that drives you to obedience. This gift is offered 24-7. It, the offer is open 24-7. The invitation is always open. I do this as a matter of convenience, but here it is. God says, trust me and obey me. That wise man, when all's been seen and heard, when all's been settled, here's what remains. Fear God, keep his commands. Now it's on you. Either you are fearing God and keeping His commands, or you're not. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward, and it's the choice you get to make. And you can be on the winning side. You can take the gift, the free gift. You can take it, or you can reject it. What's it going to be? Trust. And obey. What's the rest of that song? There's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, what? Trust. 
and obey. And do that for, uh, I don't know, at least the next 10 minutes. I'm almost done. Everybody's looking at the watch going. No, not just for the next 10 minutes. Not just for today while we're here. Not just for this week, this month, this year. He says, till you die. When is that going to be? We don't know. But he says, I want you with me. Trust me and obey me. What's your condition this morning? If you're not in, get in. Get in Christ today. Burial and baptism allows you this contact with Christ's blood. Your sins are remitted, removed, erased. And he says, now I want to put you to work. Now you have a purpose. You can be like that star. And you can be the one that says, I'm going to reflect the glory of God. I'm going to be the one that's, that helps people along the way. And I'm going to help with the guidance. I'm going to show you where Jesus went. And I'm going to help you along. And he says, take them to the greatest gift. Whatever your condition is this morning. If you need to make some public statement, do so now all together we stand and